crypto, Bitcoin. You hear the terms, but should you even care? And are these really the currencies of the future? How do these things even work? Well, I'm Aaron Greger, and these are the questions that I wanted the answers to. So I started a podcast. Join me and explore the topic of cryptocurrency with my friend Gary Leland and other industry experts. Welcome to Clarifying Crypto. All right, welcome to another episode of Clarifying Crypto. I'm Aaron Greger here with my co-host Gary Leland. Gary, hello. Howdy, howdy, howdy with a broken mic here today. Hey, as long as you say it, you're good. <laughs> right, we have, it's a great day for Bitcoin. It may not be a great day for presidential elections, but it's a great day for Bitcoin because we have Corey here. Corey is with Swan Bitcoin, another product that Gary and I talk a lot about on here. Corey, welcome. Great to be here. And so nice to meet you, Aaron. Uh, you've picked a, a great partner in podcasting and in Bitcoin. We're all big fans of Gary's over at Swan. Yeah, Gary, I, I was telling you the story, Corey, before we hit record, but Gary, I just kept, I, I bought some Bitcoin for a while and we'll talk about why I love Swan so much because Bitcoin is a mind, mm, we'll put a swear word in there. It can be at time because I bought my first one my first Bitcoin at 7,000, it went down to three. And then I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. But I did not sell. And then sat on it really until I could research more. I like to invest, but I want to know. So I kept asking Gary questions. And finally, Gary said, can we just please record a podcast? Because I get asked these same questions all the time. Yeah. And I can just be stupid. And I think I appreciate that about the Bitcoin world because there is so much to learn and everybody's very welcoming to teach to teach. Like we mentioned, Swan is a product we talk about all the time, just because it does take out that mind game of the ups and downs of Bitcoin, because we all know there are ups and downs. So can you talk a little bit about your history with Bitcoin? I know this isn't your first venture with Bitcoin. I know like Swan wasn't it, but can you talk a little bit about your history with Bitcoin and what brought you to create Swan? Yeah, sure. I will. This is the only company that I've started in Bitcoin. Oh, it's just, okay. yeah, it's just the second product that we put out. So we oh. had givebitcoin.io first, which is still live. We'll actually probably finish folding Give Bitcoin into Swan and just make it a feature with Swan over the next three to six months. But yeah, it's still live and people still use it. It's been out there for a year. It came out last November about this time. So it was pretty cool. And then Swan, which is buy Bitcoin for yourself, set it and forget it, automated and recurring purchases. We launched that at the end of March this year. So we're, I guess, seven months into that. And that one has just been a rocket ship ride and really, really fun to, to be a part of. And yeah, to answer your question, like my Bitcoin journey, I, I, I got three, three swings at it and I didn't strike out on the third. I swung and missed in January of 14 when somebody gave me some Bitcoin and I, I didn't read the white paper and didn't go down the rabbit hole and lost the private keys. And then Christmas of 15, one of my friends in like the venture startup space had me look at some Bitcoin companies because he was trying to sell some angel shares and, and some related companies. And so I was sitting there and doing some research and helping them put together slides and it just didn't take. It wasn't until all the noise of the price run up in spring of 2017 that all the social signals around me were causing enough noise for me to actually pay attention. I, it was March 26th, I believe. I'm sorry, May 26th of, of 2017 that I finally started down the rabbit hole. So I'm curious if you got in because I know a lot of people that got very excited around that same time too, Yeah, uh, watched it go up and watched it crash and got terrified and ran away or 
some of them still own some, but they purchased it literally around 19 or whatever, as high as it came. What was it that made you stick around? Because I think that would have been scary too, to get in right at that time. I guess maybe, but I, I got in in the threes and then the run-up was after that. So I got in at three, five, seven, five, four, six, five, seven, and then it went up to 10. And then a few days later was 20 for a few seconds. So that, that run-up at the end, the three weeks above 10K or whatever, that was that was at the tail end of that year. So I was, I was, I maybe didn't have a, a master's degree by the time of the run up, but I was pretty, pretty into it and studying a lot. Unfortunately, and this is something that I think people should be a lot more honest about and open about and not ashamed of. I was coming at it from being former Microsoft and Google and seven years advising startups and working in, in Silicon Valley and VC. And I was taking as my signals, what were the VCs doing? And the Andreessen Horowitzes and the Union Square Ventures were pushing altcoins and marketplace friction tokens and all these other things. And I was, I was thinking that this decentralize everything, tokenize everything was a thing. So it took me a full 10, 11 months to do what we call the horseshoe. It has a, it has a modifier usually before the word horseshoe, but we'll call it the altcoin horseshoe where you start with Bitcoin, you explore everything. And then you, a lot of people end up just focusing on Bitcoin. I ended up focusing completely on Bitcoin by March or April of, of 2018. But before that I was, I was trading a bunch of altcoins and I was like trying to start a fund you know, to do, to raise non-dilutive capital, selling tokens for Silicon Valley backed marketplaces, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And I had to extricate myself from all of those activities and all of those mental models that were faulty and get back to Bitcoin. And basically I, I continued to just learn and study and all of the great content that was coming out in the spring and summer of 2018. We haven't had the Stefan Levera podcast for all that long. It started in summer of 2018. The Bitcoin standard came out, I believe, in 2018. So we didn't have the benefit of that prior to the bull market of 2017. But those those new podcasts and, and great books and discovering TFTC, and then Peter was pretty much out of the gate doing a great job with what Bitcoin did. And I'd actually already known him from our, both of our experimentations in the altcoin space. And so I was listening to his podcast and he was doing a good job and made it a lot easier for people that were finding Bitcoin in 2018 versus say 2014 or 2016 to find the right narratives and the ones that ring true where it wasn't just conflicting things. Because if you, got in, if you were looking at altcoins and Bitcoin with a payments narrative, both of those are wrong. And so the signals aren't as the signals of what's true and right aren't as strong, but Bitcoin has sound money and with incredibly smart people providing the rationale from like an Austrian economics foundation that rings true if you're actually paying attention and you can discard the false narratives. Don't you think everybody though, or not everybody, but the high percentage of people when they get into Bitcoin originally are first, then they move into altcoins also because in the back of their mind, they think if Bitcoin could go from a nickel to 14,000, maybe I can luck up and something else will go from a dollar to a thousand. Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of people try that and they spread some bets and it takes one, it takes one bear cycle to get wrecked and watch it go down 95, 99% to be not interested in that. And they're really for active trading. Like if you're a professional trader, and you're really good with that stuff and watching signals and have inside information and your unit of account, you're basically using them to stack more Bitcoin, more power to you, but you better be really good 
Above average does not cut it in this space because the information asymmetries and the inefficiencies in the infrastructure are extreme versus traditional markets. You probably can make money trading stocks if you're top quartile or top quintile, and you'll, you'll lose if you're in the bottom 80 or the bottom 75%. In the crypto space, you probably got to be the top 5%. And then as it accelerates and gets more complicated and now requires technical expertise and like true inside information, like real access to the insiders that are setting up these DeFi tokens and knowing which one is a rug pull and which one is going to get a moon because of the token economics or the plans that aren't published, but somebody can tell you that, hey, we're selling this to you for half a penny, but we're going to list it at 80 bucks. So you get an automatic 160X. If you're not in that group, on Mastodon or Keybase or whatever, and like friends with the, the people funding it or whatever, if you're not in that group, they're there to take your money. In crypto, it's probably you've got to be in the top 5% to top 3% broadly. If you're in DeFi, you probably have to be in the top 1%. In the top 1%, it's a zero-sum game. They're literally taking all the money from the other 99%. So being an above average trader doesn't do shit for you. And this and is like- a 24-hour market. Yeah, and it gives Bitcoin a bad name, right? And it's funny too. I did the same thing where I have- I still have Ethereum and it's my house renovating money. <laughs> as soon as it goes up a little bit, that's what it's going to get used for. You but still have I, that Dodgecoin? I, it's like, <laughs> I was going to sell it. I, it was a joke. I bought some. Gary, I bought, or Gary knew I bought some. And I was, I'm going to sell it because I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But it hasn't <laughs> lost me any money. But it's just not doing anything either. I thought usually it would go up when Bitcoin would go up. But it's very interesting is with this run of Bitcoin, that's been sitting there. So. Well, I just like giving you a hard time about it, Aaron. No, you can't. It's like $100. It's all right. It was like money to lose. But, but I agree. Like it was, okay, let me try all these different ones. And then it just became everything rides with Bitcoin anyway. So why not just put it into Bitcoin? And, but it's these side things that I feel like bit, give Bitcoin a bad name too of the Ponzi scheme or you hear it's this, those stories you hear. It's not Bitcoin related. It's all the well, other. It gives, it, gives, it gives crypto a bad name. Yeah. I think Bitcoin shines in comparison because there's no Ponzi economics to it. There's no centralized team taking all the money from everybody else. Like Bitcoin is not crypto. Yeah, but and you're making the assumption though that not everybody like combines it. You know what I mean? They they don't put Bitcoin and crypto in the same thing. We're talking about a lot of newbies. That's oh yeah, and of course they do because that's yeah. it's in the interest of all the other ones to put it under the same umbrella to essentially, you know, what I call orange washing <laughs> to I borrow from greenwashing. You're trying to grab some of the shine. You call it affinity marketing. It is in the interest of every other token in the space to try to there's an example of this. There was the, uh, the Senator Bill Bradley back in the day who was an NBA player. Yep. And he al always used to make the joke that, you know, one day he and I think it was he and Elgin Baylor combined for 73 points in a game. Elgin had 71. Oh. <laughs> and he used to tell the story all the time on the campaign trail. But that's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> all, these, all these cryptos just want to be part of something that Bitcoin is in because that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. You know, going off something you said a few minutes ago, Aaron, about friends of yours or acquaintances that bought at the high during 2017 of 19,000 or whatever it was, you know, if Swan had been around since that date and they had been buying every month with Swan since that date, they would be so far ahead right now, even though they started at a number that's much higher than where Bitcoin's at right now. Because you always hear from people oh yeah, is it still come back from that 19,000 like it was there forever or something? They don't realize what a short amount of time it was up that high. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was above it was above seventeen thousand for a few hours, and it did peak at nineteen five or something like that. So very few people actually bought up there, yeah. um, and even fewer obviously bought their whole stake up there. It's basically Masayoshi Son from SoftBank is pretty much the only guy that ever bought a big chunk of Bitcoin near the peak. <laughs> I know a guy who bought one. I've told Gary the story. He bought one Bitcoin. One Bitcoin at nineteen k or something. Yeah, he put all his money in Coinbase, and you know how Coinbase takes forever to like, or it used to take forever till it was like a week. And it was like ten or eleven, so he was like, "All right, I'm gonna get it." Got it right at the top of the run because that's when his money finally cleared in Coinbase. Yeah, and then, it, and then it went down. So he still has his very expensive Bitcoin, but hopefully after hopefully he kept it, he'll back. be in the black soon enough. Exactly. You have a goal at Swan to reach ten million people to get ten million in Bitcoin. I know the goal is really to make it as easy as possible, and it truly doesn't get any easier. What are the things that we've we've come a long way, but what are where do we need to go, and how and how do we get to that ten million number? What are the things we have to overcome to get there? Really, I think it just comes down to education and equipping people to be more effective at spreading the word among their friends, family, their social networks. It really is hand-to-hand combat assisted by code and media. So I'm a big believer in this is, I believe, a sort of like a Naval Ravikant mental framework, but it's things used to scale with capital and labor. And since the internet, they scale with, with code and media. And so we just try to leverage code, like building a site like Swan and Media, which is what we do with Swan Signal and all our, our shows and going on everybody else's shows and putting out books, et cetera. And that really just our Bitcoin's marketing is education. Bitcoin doesn't really need marketing because if people actually learn the truth about it, that's enough. And so our job is just to educate and facilitate education and facilitate communities that spread education and help people get in and equip people with the right ways to essentially get people interested and help them get started down the rabbit hole. And then from then, it really is once, once you get started, then people are usually self-directed and, and pick and choose the things that they want to. But if you can provide guideposts and put all the best stuff under a brand that has some authority and has all the authority pointers of the internet and of Twitter and of the podcasts, like pointing toward the right sources, whether it's Swan or whether it's Gary's podcasts or whether it's making sure that people are listening to Stefan Levera and, and Marty and those types, we're reading the right books and not getting distracted by crypto and blockchain, then you're, the battle is pretty much won if you can get people to focus on the right things. Yeah, I know you guys have a great podcast. Anything else that you do that you all specifically do to help with that crusade? Yeah, well, we've got our team is really a bunch of creators that also have other skills that help you run a company and build a startup. So, you know, our CTO is Jan Pritzker, who wrote Inventing Bitcoin and does a lot of education. And he taught Bitcoin in high schools in Chicago for a year. And that was the basis for writing the book. And so he continues to do a lot of outreach on podcasts that a lot of people don't usually hit. So he does a lot of tech podcasts and business podcasts and community podcasts talking about Bitcoin. And he just likes to evangelize outside of the the sort of normie Bitcoin circles. Gigi, who's one of our, he's our lead engineer, does back-end full stack stuff. He wrote 21 Lessons from Falling Down the Bitcoin Rabbit Hole. He has another book coming out as well. He also does a lot of education on Twitter and, and writing and, and things like that. I wrote a book with one of my friends, Matt Ruby, which is coming out soon. It's called uh, Bright Orange Future. So that'll be out soon. And that's basically just another stab at, uh, at a great introduction, taking people through a, a 12-step journey into, into Bitcoin. 
Andy Edstrom, who's one of our big investors and advisors. He's the partner in Westcap, which is a money management firm here in LA. He wrote Why Buy Bitcoin, which is great for like financial advisors and high net worth individuals and family offices. So I think just continuing to do stuff like that. We've got a bunch of podcast hosts on the team. Brady Swenson hosts our shows and also is Citizen Bitcoin. Robert Breedlove is sponsor his writing and just kind of like kick in some some money for him every month so he can do his own writing on his own time because I just think he's a really important Bitcoin philosopher and he does a lot of shows with us. So more and more like that, as much as we can do to just support the the good Bitcoin only ecosystem and, and spread the word. That's awesome. You guys are a bunch you know, of- I find um, Swan to be probably the best place to send boomers to buy Bitcoin. I really do. Because, you know, you can always go, come on, just buy 50 bucks a month, dude. Yeah. And you send them over there and it's click, click, click. How much you want to do, how often you want to do it. And they're in. And then they start, and, and, and that gets them buying, which is one thing. But once they got some money that they're buying that with, they start looking at it. And then they go, gosh, I've got some money here. And this stuff started moving and blah, 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 blah. And the next thing they're asking questions because they get some skin in the game. Because I think that's one of the best way to get someone in it is that they get some skin in the game. And I think Swan makes it so easy to get skin in the game. So I, I can say everybody I ever talked to that's interested in starting up, that's all. I mean, if, if they want to buy a large amount, you know, I might tell them to, to look around at something else. They just want to, if they're just asking me questions, I'll say, hey, Go to Swan and just start buying 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks. Well, let me, let me at least let you know, we started taking wires a couple of weeks ago. So we've done over a million in the last week. We had one guy buy $500,000 with Bitcoin a few days ago, just with one transaction. So we're doing a lot of- site? It's not. Yeah, we haven't put it in the front end yet. It should go live next week, I would say, where you can actually just wire money in for one-time purchases. And what are you charging on that? Same fees, 0.99%. Wow. What made you allow for that? Like what made you, because it seems like your business model is that long-term investing. What made you guys add that part? Really just customer demand because a lot of people, I mean, there's, so there's two things. One is contrary to what a lot of people say in the space, like the best way to buy Bitcoin is DCA, uh, dollar cost averaging. That's a trading strategy and it's not always true. In particular, it's not necessarily true with Bitcoin, which is an asset with upward skewed volatility. It's super volatile. My belief is that it will go up considerably over time. What I generally say is if you have a ton of fiat in a pile or a bunch of assets that you're, you're long all these crappy assets that are fiat denominated and you don't have enough Bitcoin, it would be silly to like just trickle that into Bitcoin on a monthly basis if you have more conviction. So if you get your education up to the point where you have conviction and let's say you have a million bucks and you think now is the time Yes, sure. You do want to do a plan and you want to be buying because you have more money coming in from your job or whatever over time. You should match that to your automatic recurring purchases. But it's also totally fine to say, okay, I'm ready to put 5%, 10%, 15% of my liquid assets or my investable assets into Bitcoin at once and get started that way. That's how I did it. When I came in, I do recurring purchases now that are matched to my income or, or whatever. But I also sometimes I have fiat windfalls. i have invested in a bunch of startups over the years and advised a bunch of companies that I have equity in. And sometimes one of themselves and I get a check and, uh, or I want to cash something out with some stock or something like that. Like Tesla ran up a ton, sell some Tesla. Like now I have a chunk of change. 
that I might want to put in at once. And if I don't have to KYC with somebody else and I just want to buy Bitcoin with that, why would I want to bother with something other than Swan when I'm comfortable there? Yeah, I agree. Can you talk a bit about the fee structure? Because Gary and I have talked about fees a lot. And it. what I love too is that a lot of times when the you see it on Coinbase and when the demand goes up, your fees go up tremendously. And I was wondering if that was going to happen with Swamp, like how you guys can control that. But I know there's cheaper ones, but overall compared to a lot, you guys are very, very, very reasonable. So how can, I know we yeah. did this before, but can you well, talk a little bit about the fee structure and how you can keep it low? Well, uh, so specifically for automatic recurring purchases, we're 60 to 80% lower than Coinbase and 23 to 57% lower than Cash App. So we are by far the least expensive of, of the major options in the US. And, and then we also have, and hopefully we'll be able to do this forever, but at least for now, we also have free automatic withdrawals to your own self-custody. So at least right now, because of batching and multiple, being able to batch multiple transactions into one, we're able to continue to do that. So no, no fees on the withdrawing to the chain. If you buy from Casa, for instance, which launched Bitcoin purchases, there's, there's a spread. We don't have a spread. They might say 0.99%, which is the same as ours, but then you can only buy to cold storage and they, it's $3.70 per withdrawal, which is every purchase. And ours is zero. So no spread and no withdrawal. But yeah, I think it's pretty compelling. I think it's a, it's a, it's a heck of an offer. It's simple in an asset that moves this much, we don't really get any pushback at the 0.99% versus going onto an exchange or recommending that your uncle or your cousin or your coworker go on Coinbase where they're going to, it's a casino and they're literally trying everything that they possibly can in the user experience, in their emails, always trying to convince you to trade altcoins because that's where they make all their money. They don't want you to just buy and hold Bitcoin. They want you to trade in the casino. So it's really just, it's a terrible user experience. It's pretty much amoral, or I should say immoral, unless you're sending professional traders there, <laughs> in which case they should be using a professional trading platform, not Coinbase anyway. So I don't think that they actually serve any of their users well, but they do have a lot of liquidity because there's a lot of trading that still goes on. But yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's a really good offer. It's a compelling offer. And I think the market is responding to it by, by using it. Can you come in Swan yet and buy an individual just go over there and buy $5,000 worth of it. Yeah, you can with the wires. We'll have that via ACH within the next couple of weeks. We're just working out the final, basically the way it'll show up in the user interface and how we'll actually quote prices and stuff. But yeah, you'll actually have to be a SWAN member to do one-time purchases, which is I, cool. I know if you do ACH with SWAN, your funds are held up for a little bit. Is that true with the wire or not? Wires is immediate, so that's there's no hold up there with wires. I think it um, maybe ten days if you ACH it in there before it's converted. Yeah, that's when you first start the plan. That's actually going away as well. So we're actually doing a T plus one settlement here within the next couple of weeks as well. So your plans will just start right when you sign up. I think that'd be nice. I think that'd be right. yeah, it's great. I think people get confused on that. I know my sister was real confused. She's like, "Wait, wait a second. When does this happen? You know what I mean? It's in there, but nothing's happening." Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, you start a new company and you've got to develop relationships with financial partners and get them to trust you and get them to score you. And we had dealt with, as, every, as any new service does, you get hit by all the bots and the fraud attempts and all that. And you work through it and you figure out your stack. And we've had zero fraud for three months now. And we're just like much better 
risk scoring for our financial partners. And so they've given us much better terms. They used Is to make us wait to, to begin with. It's always a problem with any new service. You read the history of fintech companies and they always deal with, with the fraud networks at some point and you've got some challenges and then you get through it. This is the famous origins of PayPal back in you know 99 or something. They got hit by a really sophisticated Russian fraud network and they were going to go out of business basically if they didn't figure it out. And it was just a total war room for a week going, going to battle with these guys. It made Max Levchin a legend in Silicon Valley for being the guy that, that combated them and figured it out. This is crazy to me. Okay, so it sounds, let's go back to the first product you guys had, which was the gifting one. What was the name of it? Sorry. So givebitcoin.io. Givebitcoin.io. Okay. So I was right before I got on this call, I wanted to ask you, because I'm like, I wonder if I can do this. So here's a feature request, but it sounds like this may come in giftbitcoin.io. I would love, because my kids are little yet, and I can't really set up an account specifically for them. So what I would like to do is to be able to up my month or my weekly purchase and then say X amount goes into this wallet, X amount goes into this wallet, and then the chunk goes into my wallet. But give me that up. Is that I'm gifting them Bitcoin essentially? Yeah. So it'll it'll actually be even simpler than that and probably better. You'll be able to set up uh, sub accounts within your account and you can name them. So you'll be able to name, able to name it Jenny and Steven or whatever. And, and you can actually set up their plans separately. So you'll be able to say, I want to put in 50 bucks a month to Jenny and only $25 a month to Steven. Cause yeah, you know. I don't have to, yeah, you know, I do one more than the other. So when is that coming? I would say we'll be done with that before the end of the year. So it's, it's actually not that hard. It's built into the back end already. We just have to surface it in the user experience and make sure that it's elegant and understandable what you're doing. we we want, everyone that Gary sends to Swan to say, wow, that was simple and easy. And when you start adding a lot of features, if you aren't thoughtful about doing it in the right way, we've been very thoughtful so far, I think, about how we present things. And it's really snappy. Like it's, it's, an, it's an incredibly fast web application, which is also not common in the space. So it just feels really professional and really like Silicon Valley FinTech quality. And that's really important to us because that that's what gives people like a subconscious positive feeling about it. It makes them want to tell friends about it. And we just need to make sure that we maintain that level of quality every time we add new features. Yeah, I like that one. Gary, did you have a you question? Know, it sounds like you're really building a lot of things there to make it easier and increasing the model, maybe making it more thorough. You're not just st- sticking with what it originally was, which was, I guess... <laughs> That's the core, right? The core is always the core thesis is always going to be like automatic Bitcoin buys, and everybody that is a Swan member, because we think it's good for people and we think it's good for Bitcoin. Everyone has to have a recurring purchase plan. You can make that bigger or smaller over time with a few seconds. You know, you can go in and up it to a thousand dollars a month or fifty dollars a day from ten dollars a day or whatever you want, anytime you want. But I think it's really important that you have that baseline of matching your income stream to your to storing some of that value in the Bitcoin protocol. But on top of that, whatever you want to do, if you want to do some one-time buys via ACH for 500 bucks or something, sure, go ahead. If you want to do something larger and send a big wire because you want to buy like immediately, then you can do that. We'll be adding formula buys. So this will be things like if Bitcoin drops below the 200-day moving average, double my buy for the next five days, things like that. Yeah. So that's, it starts to be like a Bitcoin buying club where we 
really can do some really creative things. How many members are at the club are there at the moment? Thousands. Sweet. Thousands, but we want millions. Well, that's sweet that we have thousands already. Yes, we have thousands already. We're already buying tens of millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin, but we want to be buying billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. No, I just think it's genius because like I said, it was it was driving me. I get obsessed. I have a very obsessive personality. I'll just admit that. But it was just the, well, should I buy? Oh, should I not buy? Should I buy? And it's just been so, such a blessing that I don't have to, because Gary was the one who first told me about dollar cost average. He's like, just get up every day, buy and so I was doing that through Cash App. Every single day, I was buying Bitcoin. And just this is the same amount every day. And just to have that on autopilot where I don't... There's some days that I've gotten that I actually don't I, don't... I don't know if this is really true if I say that. But I haven't checked the price of Bitcoin. I don't know if yeah. I've gotten through a day yet. But I've gotten closer than I used to be. <laughs> it happens. We always like to say swan and chill. And a lot of times our social media will post pictures of people like hiking or wakeboarding or lounging in a pool and saying she just bought Bitcoin or he's buying Bitcoin right now. Yeah. And that's a point. Like we're doing it for you. Yes, I agree. I'm a huge fan of the product. So you've talked a lot about some features coming down the line that are very exciting. Anything else we should know about too? I don't know. I, I feel selfish asking that. I think you've added enough by all means, but I didn't know if there's anything else that you want to make sure gets mentioned too on the roadmap for 2021. Let's see. We, we just started doing, so we launched Swan Treasury. So swanbitcoin.com slash treasury. And we have our first few entities like corporate entities buying Bitcoin through Swan. So that's really exciting. We've already had a lot of people buying into uh, self-directed like checkbook LLC IRAs, but now you can actually sign up with your IRA and enter that information and, and have it officially buy instead of buying it with your own KYC information and then assigning that to the IRA. Now the IRA entity itself can purchase the Bitcoin. We'll also do a custodial IRA because a lot of people just want to have Bitcoin in IRA and, and not take custody of it, give people the option. You can use it for a checkbook LLC self-directed IRA today, but we'll also offer a custodial IRA where they just leave it with us. When are y'all offering that? Yeah. We'll do that next year. Wow. Yeah, it's not hard. It's actually already built into the back end on top of Prime Trust because, you know, we were, that's our, our custodian is Prime Trust, which is the same custodian that's used by Binance, Wobi, OKX, Bittrex, a lot of these big companies. So they have that sort of capability already for IRAs. We just need to build it into the front end and market it. That's going to be great because we've talked about the IRA front and it's it can be overwhelming trying to get the whole thing set up. And then even the fees, because I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. I started researching it. And I'm like, oof, those are, that's not cheap to be doing that. So I love, I'm sure there'll still be a fees attached. I'm not saying you guys are doing this for free, but I'm going to assume yeah. much less than what's out there currently. There will be fees, but yeah, you should expect like uh, an 80 to 90% reduction from what you would get from like Bitcoin IRA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Obviously the the link, but Gary, I'll let you give your Swan Bitcoin link if you want to. <laughs> and I'll put mine in the show notes. Okay. Well, mine is Mine's funky because I have a space. I put a space between my name and then it comes out as a percentage sign, but go ahead, Gary. Well, we got to fix that for you yeah. for sure. Yeah. Maybe that can be fixed. I'm sure it can, but now I've, it's, it's some places. But anyway, Gary, go ahead. Well, mine's just swanbitcoin.com slash Gary. Ooh, because he's an OG. That's why. Back when we used to give out first names. Yeah. Oh, is that right? You don't do that anymore? No, nah, you got to be pretty special to get a first name only at this point. 
Yeah, I'm glad I'm so special. How long have you had your your Swan Bitcoin set up, Gary? Because you're probably one of like the originals that did set up. Oh, I was actually I got involved with everybody back when it was GiveBitcoin.io. Swan wasn't. Yeah. But I didn't actually set up my Swan Bitcoin until well, it was set up, but I never used it really until maybe five months ago. I started doing weekly buys, and because uh, I was. Really, I was um, not doing anywhere dollar cost averaging or weekly buys. And I said, I need to start doing this and I need to use Swan because I'm sending everybody there. <laughs> so I need to yeah. start using it so I can see what I'm sending people to. And, and I, I've talked to uh, Jan quite a bit back and forth whenever I wanted had a question to something or another. But yeah, I, I probably have only been actually using it besides the affiliate account for six months, maybe. Yeah. Like I said, I'm several months in and I, I just, I love it and just to set it and forget it. I like that you guys are going to add that capability though. Cause like you said, there are moments where you have extra and, or, or when it dips, like you mm-hmm. want to get in on the dip and that way I, I do like that. That's going to be available. Corey, thank you so much for yeah. joining us today. Well, we, I do want to plug a couple other things just real quick. Yeah, just thinking about it. So one is we rolled out daily buys a couple of weeks ago. And so oh. probably a quarter of our members have already switched over to daily because it doesn't cost more. So I don't have that. How come I don't have that? Swanbitcoin.com slash daily buys. We're still rolling out in beta. So only the people that signed up can get in. I think we had 1,700 people sign up for it and they're getting in first and then we'll surface it to everybody else. Yeah, because you know, whenever you roll out something new, you generate support tickets. So you don't want to flood yourself too much. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's out there. And then, oh, and we're live in New York. We haven't announced that. We'll be putting out some press on that probably next week or the week after, but your users might as well know that. Well, that's a dumb question, but what does that mean? It meant that we were in 49 states in Puerto Rico, but not New York. And oh, now we're in all 50 states. So we have a bit license? No, no. We basically just got comfortable enough with the legal setup and the regime. I'm just talking to our lawyers. We don't actually touch customer Bitcoin nor their fiat. We have no access to it the way that our service actually works. And basically it just falls outside the domain of the bit license. And so we pulled the trigger and put it live. I had no idea that New York would make that difficult. They're not. They're not making it difficult. We just, we had to learn a lot more and get comfortable. Uh, And like the one thing, the one thing you don't want to do is be out over your skis and assume that you're going to be fine and do something without understanding what their view would likely be. Yeah. So we just got close enough to understand what their view would be on a service like ours where we don't actually have custody and can't make any, we can't actually affect your account you have full control over it through our interface, but we can't actually do anything. We can't take your Bitcoin and do anything with it. We can't do anything with your fiat. You actually execute all the trades 100% without Swan having any control. Okay. So that basically puts us in the clear and we just had to get, I had to get comfortable with the legal opinions on that to, to launch. Because if you launch in New York and then they decide after the fact that they don't like you, you probably will never get there Yeah. versus being more conservative and getting comfortable with it. And we didn't know exactly what the model would be. And now we kind of like know exactly what the model is and how it all works. And so we got comfortable. So you said we're in New York or we're getting ready to be in. New we're, York? In. We're, in. Okay. we're in. Yeah. Yeah. We've been in for a couple of weeks. We just haven't announced it. 
Okay. So those things. So you were out of New York to be in. So that's good. Yeah, it's good. I, I personally think that's, I think that's probably about a third of the market in the U.S. is probably people in wow. New York because there's so much money in yeah. New York and, and it's finance money or much more quick to understand something that affects their world directly. You know, last, last year, before the pandemic hit, you were going to do Bitcoin week. We had that all set up to go in California the week before San Francisco and Venice Beach. Yeah. Do you have any plans to do anything like that with the... We don't have to. They brought it to LA instead. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's in LA this time. Yeah. yeah. No need for LA Bitcoin week because Bitcoin 2021 is in LA. So we're just throwing down with those guys. Okay. But yeah, we're sponsoring. They offered one lounge to sponsor and we took it down. So we, we have the Swan Lounge at Bitcoin 2021. It's going to be the space right outside the, uh, the main conference auditorium. And we'll have all kinds of fun stuff. There we'll be broadcasting live both days, dozens of interviews broadcast to the whole world. So people can really feel like they're there. Uh, all kinds of swag and merchandise giveaways and lots of fresh cocktails and things like that. It should be fun. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. When yeah. is that going to be? That's April 30th and May 1st of 2021 in Los Angeles, downtown I, LA. I, I noticed they don't have a location yet on their website for that, though. Um, I think they're just locking down the final terms. They've shared the likely location with sponsors, so I I know what it is, but I'm not yeah. telling. Well, and that's, that's good enough. I just didn't know what that. I thought that was. I didn't know if there was like that meant anything that they didn't have that on there. Uh, I was going to go ahead and book my hotel room, but I don't even know what book what hotel to go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had plenty of time to book a hotel. They're, they're not filling up anytime soon. That's true. Of course, it's like one of those things you just like everybody's probably going to be so excited to get the heck out of the house that that it'll. Yeah, I hope it happens. April feels like a long way away. I don't think there's any guarantees, especially in California. What's going to happen in August, no matter what happens? (laughs) Bit block boom. Bit block boom, baby. Oh, by the way, we sent Reed Womack to that. He had a blast. He met a ton of people. Bitcoin Buddha. He's a good guy. On Twitter, he's a great guy. So he's a customer service manager. We also just brought on another attendee of BitBlock Boom, our first Texan. So it's nice to have someone from from the Triangle. He's actually down in Austin. But Phil, Phil Gibbs, Mr. Sue, has joined the team to work on onboarding and customer service. And he's working with Reed and Jan and Brady, and he'll be doing some content stuff with us as well. Yeah, Phil's a good guy too, Mr. Sue, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he, he, he took the mantle back in like March, April when we were rolling out the beta for Swan, signed up first and, and was like essentially providing customer support for the hell of it to hundreds of people in the Swan Telegram group for months before we got staffed up. Just, I was like, okay, cool. And so I just put that in the back of my mind and now we needed somebody and it just made sense to bring him on. Well, that's good. That's great. Yeah, so like welcome, Mr. Sue. Who also has a podcast. Yes, I was going to say he has a podcast also. Yeah, I'll have to link everybody's Twitter and, and podcasts that we're mentioning in this in the show notes over at clarifyingcrypto.com. Anywhere else we want to send people to? I know you guys have a book promotion and, and I just, there, you guys. Yeah, so anybody, anybody, anybody that's on. listening and you can put this in the show notes if you want as well. You can grab a free copy of Jan's book if you want at swanbitcoin.com slash free book. So Inventing Bitcoin, which is a 4.9 star rated on Amazon. It was my favorite introductory book to Bitcoin, which is why I hunted Jan down and 
and recruited him back in 2019 because I love that book and his whole style and way of explaining Bitcoin. So I, I'm a huge fan of that as a first introduction to Bitcoin. And then what else? I don't know. I think Swan Signal is a great show to watch. YouTube.com slash Swan Signal. We go live with uh, like the the big guests talking about macro and Bitcoin. This is So that's every Tuesday. That's when we'll have people like Preston Pish and Raul Paul and Vijay Boyapati and all those people. And then on Friday is a little bit more casual. That's Swan Lounge. And that's usually Bitcoiners just hanging out and talking Bitcoin. And we'll get a little raucous and there may be a little more colorful language. They're both live shows. They're both really fun. And then we have a third show that we do on occasion, which is called uh, Bright Orange Future. And that one is actually me and my brother. And we usually have like analysts and authors and journalists on that to talk about just broader topics and bringing them back into Bitcoin. We've had uh, Billy Bambro from Forbes on that, Knut Svanholm, the author on that one, Max Kaiser. We just recorded a great episode with Lee Kuhn from Coindesk. A few days ago, we'll probably drop that today or tomorrow. And that one's really fun. We talk about music and poetry and all kinds of cool stuff as it relates to Bitcoin. And I think the one name that I didn't drop, which he deserves it because his new piece is just so good, is uh, Brandon Quidham. So Brandon runs communications for Swan and just put out another amazing thought piece. And I think he's doing Peter's show, What Bitcoin Did. Uh, I think he's recording that tomorrow. So look for that. (laughs) So impressed. So a company I have is we do podcast, like content essentially for companies and to have them find one person that can host a podcast or will put out content consistently is sometimes such a stretch. It is very impressive that you guys have like a whole team of people that is, that are putting this out consistently. It's mad to you guys. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, officially we decided the official host every week of Swan Lounge on Fridays is Brecky. So Brecky Von Bitcoin is, he's our creative director and he's the host of that show. And he's pretty damn creative. Oh my God. He's just (laughs) unbelievable. He does 300 voices. He can, he does video, does animation. He made that B right back there for it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So nice. It's made out of concrete. It's it's way 20 pounds. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. We've been working on something pretty special with me, Brecky and Tommy from Bitcoin magazine. We've created three characters, like animated characters that we'll be using all over our website and to explain Bitcoin concepts. And they all have Twitter handles already and they're engaging with people. So it's, uh, oh, it's, the swan? it's the swan and Max, who's Maxine. She's a big Bitcoiner. She has orange hair. And then we named the rabbit. So there's a white rabbit, of course. And we named him Ludwig like Mises. So yeah, Max, Max, the Swan and Ludwig are having Bitcoiner adventures on Twitter right now. And we'll be putting out like cartoons and comic strips and using them on the site and stuff like that. So just trying to be fun, creative. And I'll give an example, like what it's, and I think this is true for all of us that are working on this. I woke up on Saturday morning at 6am or whatever. My daughter was crying. I was like, and I was like, sweet, it's Monday. It was Saturday morning. I was like, sweet, it's Monday. I'm going to go to work. And then I realized it was Saturday. And it was like, I had this moment. I was like, oh, fuck, I can't work on Swan all day. That kind of sucks. And then I, within a couple hours, I was like dialed into my weekend and hanging with the fam and having yeah. brunch. And it was obviously a beautiful weekend and it was Halloween and it was super fun. But you know that the fact that there's that moment there when you wake up and you hope that it's a work day. That's great. Yeah. That's what Bitcoin does for you though. Yeah. No, I would agree. I, like I said, I've, I've become hooked. So I just wish I felt smarter in the space. That's my only 
my only downfall to it. And it feels like I've said this a thousand times, but it's okay. I finally figured this out. You open the door and you're like, mother, there's 70,000 other things I got to learn. So I guess it's a good and a bad thing, but no one knows it all. Yeah. Literally, literally no one, literally no one knows it all because nobody outside of the lightning labs team knew about lightning pool until two days ago. Nobody other than Gigi knows about this tool that he just created for like X pubs, Y pubs, Z pubs, that's going to be really useful and open source. So there's just new stuff coming out. Nobody was talking about state channels until a few days ago. Nobody was talking about discrete log contracts until two or three months ago. Yeah. And now a bunch of people just placed a bunch of election bets, like trustlessly peer to peer on Bitcoin. You don't need oracles, you have Bitcoin. Like it just completely destroys the value prop for Chainlink, which is a top 10 coin that the freaking Winklevi recommended <laughs> to uh, Portnoy. And it's like, now there's a couple of startups, Shared Bits and Atomic Loans working on DLCs, which obviates the need for oracles on altcoins. And combined, they've probably taken three or $4 million of venture money. That's all it takes because you're building on top of Bitcoin. Yeah. Because Bitcoin is better and obviates the need for all of those other things. Bitcoin is the trust machine. I guess we soon we'll see who won the bet out of Peter and American Hoddle on that election bet. That was pretty cool. They were able to do that bet yeah, with a multi-sig wallet. Yeah. And it's done. The Bitcoin's in there. Somebody's going to get it. Yep. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I think it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. I know we're running out of our time, Corey. Okay. Thank you so much again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Check out Swan Bitcoin. Like we've said a thousand times, it's the perfect way to really start getting in like for as little as 10 bucks. So yeah, a good way to get you started. And yeah. we'll put all these links, so many links to all these podcasts and stuff that we've yeah. got in our show notes over at clarifyingcrypto.com. And of course, BitBlockBoom. Don't forget about BitBlockBoom.com in BBB. August of 2021. So that's right. Thank you all. See you later, Corey.